you being able to overcome your self-limitations is a independent journey, but at the same time, dependent. It has to be independent in the sense that you commit to yourself and promise yourself you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you're setting forth in your life, whatever limitation you have right now. If you're trying to start a new business, you have to be fully committed and say, I'm going to be able to do this. If you're trying to get in better shape, you have to tell yourself, I'm going to be able to do this. You have to commit to yourself that you're going to go to the gym. You're going to work out. You're going to eat healthy. You have to commit to those things. But at the same time, don't feel like you have to walk on that journey by yourself. You have to commit and you have to be fully invested by yourself. But you can also have support groups around you, people who buoy you up when you're when you're feeling low. They can actually push you to keep accomplishing whatever you're chasing. Welcome to Unleash Thyself, where we explore the paths of those that turn their visions into reality and inspire others to do the same. I'm your host, Constantine Moron, and today we're diving into the world of a remarkable young man who's not only transforming industries, but also changing lives, Brandon Davis. With a relentless drive and a keen eye for opportunity, Brandon, who is just 22 years old, has successfully grown three distinct businesses. But Brandon's journey isn't about just those businesses and business success. He's on a mission to empower individuals to overcome their self-limitations and fear of the unknown. Through his work and his Get Over Yourself podcast, he provides valuable insights and strategies for breaking free from the barriers that hold many back from pursuing their dreams. Brandon's story is a powerful reminder that age is just a number when it comes to following your heart and that the real limitations are the ones we place on ourselves. Whether you are a young aspiring entrepreneur or someone looking to rekindle your passion for life and business, Brandon's message of perseverance, self-belief, and the importance of getting over oneself resonates deeply. In today's episode, we will hear from Brandon about his entrepreneurial path, the challenges he's faced, and the victories he has celebrated. We'll delve into his philosophy on success, happiness beyond material wealth, and the significance of nurturing meaningful relationships. And please do me a small favor, subscribe, like, and share your thoughts in the comments. Your engagement helps us continue to bring these impactful stories to light. Let's begin. Hello, beautiful souls. I have with me Brandon Davis. Brandon, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome, Thank you, welcome. Constantine. I'm super happy to be here. Me too. I'm super happy to have you here. And then in a, in a bit, we're going to go on your show. We're going to have a beautiful conversation. So for those listening right now, Brandon Davis has an amazing show. That's how we connected. I'll let him tell you more about it. I'm not going to spoil it. But Brandon, before we even jump into that, you are young and you're very successful. What would you say your secret is compared to other people your age? You know, it's interesting to use the word successful because I believe that is uh, very personal. I believe success is determined by every single person differently. Some person, some people might look at success and see um, the richest man on the world. Some people might look at success and see the lonely widow who lives down the street from them. And so success is very relative. So I appreciate you saying I'm successful. I'm curious to know your definition of success here in a minute. But um, yeah, it's been an exciting journey just so the audience uh, knows a little bit more about me. Um, I'm pretty young. I'm 22 right now, but I believe I've lived a life um, that is unique for people my age. Um, I, I was married last year to the love of my life and Constantine and me related to this together because he, he got married young as well, which I personally believe if you find the right one, you got to go for it immediately. Um, but a little bit more about me. Um, I've lived abroad for quite some time. I lived in Brazil for a little over a year. Um, 
during the time of COVID, and that was a very interesting uh, situation, and we could talk more about that later in the episode. Um, but I've also started a couple businesses that have been luckily very, uh, in my eyes, successful as well. Um, and right now I'm working on my latest business. It's a tech startup called Interval, but that's a little bit about me and uh, I'm excited to kind of share some of my journey and hopefully leave some pieces and nuggets that everyone can resonate with. Thank you, Brennan. And yes, I love that you went there right away because I talk a lot about definitions that we give to words and successful is a big one where everyone has their own definition. But of course, there's the mainstream definition that pretty much most people want to adhere to, right? Are you having the American dream or chasing it? Are you close? Do you have the house, the wife, the partner, the kids? And that's what I see most people navigate to when it comes to success. And you're absolutely right. You could have everything in the world. Like, for example, I had a great career. I mean, I still have mm-hmm. had everything I wanted, yet I wasn't happy. So to the outside world, it appeared I was successful. To myself, I didn't feel that way. So it sounds like, you know, we may have a similar definition there. So that's kind of how I see this. Success is 100% dependent on the perspective of whoever is looking in. Because I have friends of mine that live in, let's say, Ecuador, mm-hmm. in the jungles of Ecuador. They have the least amount of money I know someone has that's that's happy. And they are considered themselves, considering themselves successful. Because they live off the land. They see with people that they enjoy every day. And they have a life that's pretty much worry-free. So to your point, absolutely all about perspective. I'm curious, in your case, what you've seen with people your age. And when I say your age, I'm talking about people in their 20s. Because when I was 20, success was very much about what everyone else thought mm-hmm. success should be, not about my own definition. Yeah, so I feel like kind of some of the common trends that um, young men, at least my age, have been noticing I don't think we'll ever take money out of the equation and I believe money is a tool. And so to measure success, yes, money does come into play with that. Um, money is a tool. And if you use it appropriately, it could make your life a whole lot easier, but it also can make your life a whole lot harder. Um, I have a, a mentor of mine, his name's Corbin and um, he puts it in a very blunt and basic way where he says um, it doesn't matter if you have, basically when you have no money, how you act is going to be the exact same as if you have a lot of money. And so if you're, if you have no money and you're still willing to serve other people, you know, donate some of your money to good causes, you know, not make it the root of your lives. That's how you're going to live. If you, if you become more successful in the monetary aspect, but then once again, if you go into the aspect of, um, you're constantly just worried about yourself, your own gains and whatnot, if you do get more money later in the future, that's exactly how you're going to act the exact same way. And so I think that trend of money is never going to go away because it is that powerful tool. Um, to help people out. But I think success, at least for men my age, has been changing a little bit in the sense that I think relationships are becoming more meaningful once again. Um, I think I look mm-hmm. at I look at a couple yes. generations above me and it was corporate America. It was constantly running around trying to um, raise that corporate ladder and trying to become the the higher up in the company. Whereas now a lot of people recognize like, no, I want to spend more time with my family. I don't want to give my entire life away to a company. No, I want to do, I want to travel more. I want to go see things. And so the sentiment is still there where of course, once again, you need money to be able to do things, but success is measured in a lot more than just money these days, I believe. Exactly. Exactly. I love that, Brendan. 
I guess what your mentor shared with you is exactly what I've seen in my life as well. I mean, if it's enough to look at studies of people that win the lottery and you see that 98% of them are broke within, yep. what, two years? And by broke, I mean bankrupt. And you know what's funny? That includes people that won the lottery and they already had a lot of money to begin with. And that's because they weren't able to do the work to become the people they want to be before the money came in. And when the money came in, it just essentially took the negative parts of them to the next level. And they didn't have enough time to navigate the other ups and downs of life to to find out who they are and expand on, on the beautiful parts of it. Now, one one question I have for you that comes up for me really quick here. You mentioned that younger people are realizing relationships are more important, chasing that corporate ladder dream, which you know takes 50, 60, 80 hours a week. It's not really where you want to be. And I'm someone that's in corporate. I turned 40 last year, right? And I have a lot of peers between the ages of 30 and as far mm-hmm. as 70. And what I'm seeing a trend there as well, like you're seeing with your friends is pretty much the same thing. They're realizing that they invested all this time and effort. Yes, they climbed the corporate ladder, but there is more to life than just that. And now you're seeing a shift, at least what I'm seeing, a shift where people are like, well, what else can I do? But here's the tricky part, and I'm curious to see if you've seen this with your peers. The shift is happening, but people don't know, A, how to shift, how to find what it is in their hearts, so what they want to do, and how mm-hmm. to actually do it, right? That, that's a big, big missing piece right now, at least in the age groups I mentioned, which is between what I'm working with, like 30-year-olds to like 70. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to speak for everybody because everyone has such individual cases. And so at least for my personal self, as well as like the close network of, uh, of young men my age, I would say that people are starting to just open their eyes a little bit more. And it's interesting for you to say yes. that you're even seeing people later in their careers in their 50s, 60s, 70s, who at this point in life should start settling down a little bit more, you know, and they're still recognizing that so late. And I mean, to each their own, because some people find joy in cr- climbing those ladders. And that, that's a whole other co- topic in and of itself. But at the same time, I realize that relationships are everything. If you don't have these actual impactful relationships these these conversations these experiences with people you enjoy being around and surrounding yourself with a lot of your life is just chasing these meaningless feelings and it's it's a it's a tricky subject to talk on because i'm a personal believer in trying to become the best version of yourself you want to be the best version of yourself so you're constantly trying to get a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better But at the same time, and this is where the kind of interesting factor comes into play where you got to control your mind and say it's not everything in life, is even though you're chasing to be the best version of yourself, you also have to appreciate the journey you've been going on. And so putting this back into a business perspective, you could chase that corporate ladder. You can climb it, climb it, climb it all the way you want. But every promotion you get is never going to be satisfying enough until you get to the very top. If you never make it to the very top, you're always going to be sad saying, oh, I didn't make it. I wasn't able to do it. And you're down on yourself. But if you do make it to the top on whatever field you're talking about, whether it's business or sports or whatever you want to, whatever you want to accomplish in your life, when you do make it to the quote unquote top, how are you actually feeling? You still feel like there's something more to chase. And so part of me is a, is a believer in trying to become the best version of yourself. I love that. I love the drive of constantly trying to improve and chasing something better and better because I believe we should be. 
but also you need to reflect back on your own time and appreciate the entire journey you've been on or else you will never be satisfied. Such wise words, Brendan. I love that. And more people need to hear that. And I, I am with you on it 100%. That's exactly what I believe as well right now and what I talk to people about. Because the idea you hear many people, let's call mm -hmm. it more in the spiritual world, but it's coming mainstream right now as well, which is be in the moment. So if you're always chasing, fine, chase. But enjoy the moment as you're climbing whatever it is that you're climbing, the next mountain, the next uh, career path, whatever it is, enjoy the moment. And that's a lot harder for us to do because our ego or our mind gets in the way and, and pulls us either in the past or in the future. So we worry about something we did in the past or we worry about how we're going to pay the bills, how we're going to get the next promotion and whatnot, and then we forget to be in the moment. And in the moment is when what you talked about happens, which is building those relationships that matter. And that's something that you've realized very early in your life. Most people should realize as soon as possible if they can. Because for me, I'll be honest, I didn't realize the value of relationships until late mm -hmm. 20s, I would say. Now, I kind of had a hint and I kind of knew, but I wasn't, you know, my eyes weren't open to the point. It was like, oh, you know what? I need to invest in relationships. And here's the key one for me with self first. So relationship with myself first. And then, of course, with others. And I'm curious to see you talk about this, the idea of getting over yourself or people getting over themselves. How have you seen that first as a relationship with yourself? How are you able to realize that you need to get mm -hmm. over certain things and then be able to, to get to where you are today? Yeah, so um, to kind of answer this question, I want to give a little bit of framework about where this entire phrase, get over yourself, came from. And uh, it first started, it's, it's kind of a joke of mine, but when I was 12 years old, I was back in uh, my younger years of school. And at the time, as you can all picture when you're younger in school, what are some of the biggest stresses you have inside of your life? It's making sure you get a good grade on that test, making sure your teacher likes you, um, worrying about whatever sports competition you have coming up or, or uh, maybe if your crush likes you back, right? These are the stresses you face when you're a younger child. You're constantly worried about things when you get older that obviously are not very important. At the time, though, they are incredibly important. So I remember once again, when I was 12 years old, I started saying this. I don't even know where I came up with it, but I would tell my friends whenever they would get that bad grade or their crush said they didn't like them back or whatever it may be. I remember I'd tell my friends, it's okay, get over yourself. And I would say it as a joke to them. And um, they would laugh with me and say, oh, whatever, you know, but it started out as this simple joke. But over a few, the next few years of my life, I changed it more from this half-hazardous joke of saying, get over yourself to saying, no, this is the mindset I need to have in my life. I need to get over myself. You need to get over yourself. So it changed from this joke to an actual phrase I lived by. And so then going back to your question, you know, Constantine, when I started using this phrase of get over yourself inside of my life, any trial that I've ever been through now has been diminished. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at the entire theory. It takes sometimes a couple extra days, a couple extra weeks to be able to do it. But ultimately, I have been able to fully get over every single issue that has ever happened inside my life. A lot of people these days live with so many regrets. They live with grudges. They live with hate against other people. I, I can full heartedly say that I do not live with that. Once again, it's not like if something happens, I'm not going to just immediately switch my mind off and say, oh, it's okay. And just live in this uh, kind of fake mindset of mine. But I do recognize that when I uh, live this principle of get over yourself, 
I am able to live a life without so many stresses and worries. There's people that have wronged me in the past and I've let it go. There's trials that I've been through that I've said, all right, that was a good learning opportunity. Let's move on to the next thing. And it's simply because I've been able to phrase my entire mindset around get over yourself. And so the challenge I always leave with other people who listen to, um, in this case, Constantine's show, Unleash Thyself, you need to learn to figure out the ways or the areas inside of your life that you struggle with most, whether you hold grudges, whether you have regret, whether you feel like the entire world is caving in around yourself, learn to get over yourself as blunt as that may seem. And I promise you, you will start living a life more fulfilled and happy. Brandon, thank you for that. And and it's funny to to hear you say that, you know, funny to me in a sense that we speak the same language. That's what I've come to realize as well in life is that you always have two choices whenever something happens. And I'm careful to use to choose my words here and explain in a second. You you have a choice to look at the dark side, the negative side or the positive side. Now, likely you you get depending on the event, if let's say it's a promotion at work, you likely focus on the positive. If it's someone breaking up with you in your personal life, you likely yep. focus on the negative. And then the second choice comes, in my mind at least, where you now choose, do you want to focus only on one part of the bucket? And which part is that? So if let's say, let's say someone broke up with me and I didn't want the breakup to happen. So I'm like tearing up inside. Of course, it's not about ignoring the negative side of it. But like you said, getting over yourself and realizing you have a choice. Do you want to stay in the negativity, which is going to bring more negativity into your life? Or do you want to look at the positive side and see how this is happening for you rather than Mm -hmm. happening to you? And when I shifted my mentality around that, like you said, it's pretty much transformed my life. And I know that the people I get to help, the people you get to help, when they made that connection, if they don't have it already, then the life literally changes because you can shift any and every perspective, which also gives power back to you because now you can accomplish anything you want in life. Because if you no longer are a prisoner to your own thoughts and beliefs, especially negativity, that means you can do anything. You really can. And so if you can change your entire mindset, which I recognize is very difficult and it takes a lot of time and practice. It's not going to come in the first instance for you. But if you can do it, ultimately, I promise you will be happier. You will be able to live a more fulfilled life because you're not going to be worried about so many of these little things that at the end of the day don't matter. And uh, I always kind of joke with my wife, but one of the areas where I'm still working on this personally, um, when I'm driving in my car and somebody cuts me off or hits their brakes too soon, uh, (laughs) these little instances inside of our life that ultimately don't really matter, that's the one I still stress about the most. And that's, that's the one I'm working on right now. But you have to recognize and be willing to share these sorts of things, share the areas that you're trying to improve on with other people, or else you're always going to kind of bottle them up inside and say, I'll work on it later. I'll do it later. It's like the whole theory of going to the gym. Oh, I'll go later. I'll go, I'll go this evening. I'll go tomorrow. But ultimately, you're, you're never actually going to do it unless you just put your foot in the door and start working out, you know? Yes, yes. And I love the example with the car because it's one that most people can resonate with. And I used to be that person <laughs> as well. And the funny thing is what you mentioned right now is that you became aware that that's something you want you want to work on. And then a choice was presented. Like you said, do you put it off till another time or do you actually take a step in the direction and do something about it? And just because you chose to do something about it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and you're going to be able to do it overnight. It's going to take time and there are tools you can try and there are things that will work and things that won't work. And that's the beauty in it. I'm curious if 
though going back a bit, you said you had certain betrayals in life and challenges in life so far, despite having a you know being of younger age. Can you give us an example of one that you would use with someone when you're trying to tell them, hey, this is possible. You can get over yourself and your life can be better. And I want to preface this as well by saying everyone in life goes through their own sets of trials, challenges, difficulties, whatever you want to name it. And it feels different and unique for every individual. There is no way on earth that Constantine can Mm. feel the exact same sorts of problems that I'm facing inside of my life. And I can't do that for him. For anyone who's listening, you won't know exactly what I go through. I won't know exactly what you go through. Sure, we might share some of the same experiences. Maybe we both lost a relative and we know the feeling of loss. We can feel those kind of connections with each other. But ultimately, you had a different relationship with the relative you lost, and I had a different relationship with the relative I lost. So we might be able to connect in some instances, but at the same point, there's not one person here on this earth. um, And I'm a Christian, so I believe there's only one person who could truly feel it, which is Jesus Christ. But um, there's not anybody here on this planet that could truly feel exactly the pains that we're going through. And so I I preface with that, but I, I do say this. Um, one of the most difficult moments of my life, um, right after I graduated high school, I was young, I was 18. I moved to um, Southern Brazil in a, in a city called Curitiba, Brazil. It's just south of Sao Paulo. And when I first moved there, one of the biggest challenges I've ever faced, um, I was doing missionary work down there, by the way, I had to learn the language of Portuguese when I spoke nothing. I didn't speak a lick of Portuguese my entire life. I'd only speak in English. And I moved down to this country and I didn't speak anything. I didn't know their culture. I didn't know anything about it. And I started living with these Brazilians right off the bat because I was, once again, trying to do some missionary work, teach people about Jesus Christ and um, try and serve this Brazilian people. And as I was living down there, I was not able to communicate. I was living with a bunch of Brazilians who couldn't understand me. Every single day, we'd walk around the city and try and help people. And I couldn't communicate. I didn't know what people were saying to me. I didn't know what I was even saying back to them. And it was one of the most difficult and frustrating things in my entire life. Because if you think about it, the root of everything is language. If we can't communicate as a society, as a people, we won't be able to accomplish anything. And so when I was down in Brazil and I was trying to understand this language, trying to understand what people were telling me, what I was trying to say to other people, I was frustrated beyond measure. And I remember there was one day where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I I won't be able to learn this language. I, I need to go back to my native tongue. I need to go somewhere that speaks English. And I remember I I looked at myself in the mirror that day and I told myself the same phrase that I share today. Get over yourself. You're going to be able to do it. You're stressing too much. And when you're stressed, you're not going to work as as best as you can. And so when I said that, I I determined to myself, all right, you're going to stick it out. You're going to be able to learn this language. You're going to be able to help those people. And for the next year, that's exactly what I did. It didn't come perfectly all at once, but gradually I was able to slowly improve my language skills up until this point where I could speak fluent Portuguese. And I give all the credit to God in that entire aspect, Mm. but I share that example is one that hopefully some people can relate to because as simple and frustrating as it was to not be able to understand the people, that same principle was applied where I could learn to get over myself and just simply put my head down and realize that, yes, it's difficult right now, but in the future, I'm going to be able to be performing so much better and it will create dividends inside of my life, which is exactly what I did. Such a beautiful story, Brendan. And I agree with the first part you said that as well, which is every single one of us has unique stories and unique perspective and, and unique circumstances. So stories 
may not resonate fully, but what I have come to find in my 40 years on this planet and believing like you and in a greater power out there is the idea that through stories is how we connect. We talked about connection, but stories is what connect us because even though your experience is different than mine, there are similarities and that brings people closer together, especially and especially if you are someone that's vulnerable and authentic. So you're coming from a place where you're not trying to embellish a story. You're not trying to put it in a way that makes you look better or worse, depending on your outcomes. You just share it as it is and people can get value out of it. And interestingly enough, what you mentioned there with the language, right? And the way you were able to overcome that, right? But also acknowledging the fact that it didn't happen overnight. It took a bit of time, right? Obviously, learning a language takes more than maybe learning other skills, but still it's the same principle. It's you have to make a step mm-hmm. and commitment to yourself and how you talk to yourself becomes very important. And it's funny that the entire time you're talking about communication with other people, what was coming up for me was this idea that most of us have not been shown how to communicate with ourselves. And that's where it all starts because if we don't communicate well with ourselves, it's going to be very hard to communicate you know, with others. And that, that's, that's the exact reason I share, that's the exact reason why I share that language story. Because there's obviously other instances inside of my life, other examples I can give, uh, loss of a loved one, um, some of the physical injuries I've been through. Heck, I've started a couple businesses, but I've also started a lot of them that have failed completely. There's moments where I've had to tell myself to get over myself in that instance. But the reason why I speak on this language subject is because, once again, it's something we can all relate to. If we're not able to communicate, we won't be able to get our thoughts, our feelings, our expressions across. And that is very difficult. But at the same time, when I was learning to communicate with this Brazilian people in their native tongue of Portuguese, I wasn't learning to communicate with myself and recognize like, this is not going to be easy. But once I was able to do that is when I started learning and it started working in my favor. Once again, it took a lot of time, but that's when the journey actually started increasing. And I was able to pick out keywords here and there, trying to speak a couple words here and there. And it became easier overall just because I was willing to put myself in that situation. So I appreciate you pointed that out. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful, right? Because it's, I mean, until you can convince yourself that you want, to, you want to do something, which is speaking to yourself, you can't do much. And I love that. Let me ask you this. So you went to Brazil. You worked with the people there. We talked about how communication and building is, is powerful, but I imagine you took on some other very important lessons from that experience with the people there. I'm curious if you can tell us your top three or maybe just a top one outside of the language piece, the communication piece of a lesson that you took back and you're like, wow, I can apply this to my life. And it helped you to become the person you are today. Oh, I can give you so many, but one that comes right off the top of my head, at least here in the United States. And I recognize a lot of your listeners come from different areas and whatnot, but as kind of a naive American, what most people call me, um, when I first moved down to Brazil, like I mentioned, I was 18 years old. So I traveled outside the country, but I did it as a tourist. I didn't know other cultures. I, I'd stayed at like fun little hotels and I didn't know what other cultures actually meant. So when I was living in the heart of Brazil with Brazilians in their city, walking their streets, speaking their language, eating their foods, understanding their culture, I came to appreciate so many things about them. And one thing I will say specifically is in Brazil, it is very common, especially in the poorer parts of the country for to have a very small house and have many, many family members living in it. And I remember one specifically, I was living at the time in a small city called Telemaco Borba, which is just north of Curitiba by a couple hours. And as I was living there, 
there's this area and Brazil is very famous for this, for their flavelas, where it's just kind of houses stacked on top of one another, um, very crowded, lots of disease going around and crime. And uh, this city had a section of these flavelas where it's kind of crowded and off limits for the most part. But since I was doing missionary work, a lot of people need help in those areas. And so I, I go in with these, uh, with these native Brazilians and we go in and try and help people the best way we could. And I learned a valuable lesson as I would walk into those areas. It was crowded. It, a lot of times didn't smell very good. You could see the poverty amongst people's faces. You could see the lack of food, the lack of nutrition, the lack of health. But at the same time, you saw glimmers of hope. You saw happiness. You saw true joy because they were surrounded with people they loved. I walk into this house and I wish I could turn my camera so I could show you guys um, just the space in my living room. I'd walk into a house, the entire size of my living room, and there would be eight, nine, 10, 11 people living in there, crowded upon crowded, beds smushed together, a small little kitchen stove to cook their food on. Yet those people were happy. They found joy more than just the things they surrounded with themselves, the comforts of life, you could call them. They found more joy in being with the ones they loved. So when I'd walk in, I, I, when I first got there, I expected these people to be sad, depressed. And of course, their situation wasn't perfect and they realized that, but somehow they were still happy. And it was because they were surrounded with these people they love. And going back to what we were originally talking about, Constantine, they had these relationships that were so valuable inside of their life. And so that's the, that's the message I took and I want to share with everyone today is look around you. If you don't have the nicest car, if you don't have the nicest house, if you don't have the perfect body, whatever it is. Recognize how beautiful it still is. Recognize the relationships you have around you because that's the most important thing. What a beautiful message, Brandon. And what a beautiful lesson. And I couldn't agree more with you because that's what I've seen as well. I've traveled to Ecuador, many other parts of South America, some poorer parts of Europe. And I've seen I've seen the same thing where you, you're like, how can you be this happy? And the reason I was asking myself that question is because for lack of a better term, we were sold the idea that in order to be happy, you needed to have a degree, a great job, a great car, like you said, right? A great house, like all these, I wouldn't call them fake attributes, but that's what society has been selling us for the last, I don't know how many decades. So when people from this culture look at others, like, how can you be happy? You don't believe that. But then you realize that happiness comes, well, A, from within. So if you're surrounded with people that you like spending time with your family, your friends, then it can trump a lot of the lack so, mm -hmm. that you may see in life, right? Like you said, you know, obviously money, like you said, it's a tool and makes things better for all of us. So I'm sure those people that you met there would love to have a bigger house and be able to have food every day and food that they want, but likely they're not willing to sacrifice, or at least, not, at least the way I see most of them at least, sacrifice those relationships, those people. And that's what I see with many cultures outside of, let's call them the more traditional Western cultures, where there's a much bigger emphasis on family, much bigger emphasis on community, much bigger emphasis on finding joy within and within nature, as opposed to in everything mm -hmm. else that surrounds us. And such a beautiful message. So yeah, thank of course. For sharing that. And I just want people to know if you don't have, if you feel like you don't have those relationships inside of your life, because that's kind of what we've been talking about this entire time. And it's very easy to think, well, it's great for you guys. You, you have loved ones, you have friends, you have family, right? And yes, I recognize I do. But I also recognize if you've ever been in that situation where you felt alone, there's always people you can rely on. And you might have to put yourself out there. 
The entire reason I speak on get over yourself is to get over your limitations and to get out of your comfort zone. If you feel like you don't have any of those strong relationships right now, don't be afraid to put yourself out of your comfort zone to go find some. It might take some time, just like how learning Portuguese was very difficult for me. Making those relationships might be very difficult for you. But put yourself in those situations. Find areas you can go to around your local town, your communities, your churches, whatever it may be. Go chase those relationships because they will be the most impactful thing you can ever have inside of your life. And heck, if you need to start one, my messages are always open. Feel free to send me a message. I'd be happy to get to know you. I love that, Brandon. And you touched on something very important, I would say, at the end, which is, you know, people offering help like you're offering, reaching out to you. But that's Mm -hmm. a virtual connection. And here's what I found, especially since the pandemic, and most people have probably seen this. As we got forced inside and we had less and less connection with people, we suffered. So people came to realize, wait, connections and relationships and hanging out with people is important. But then I'm in a part of Canada. I wouldn't call it very remote, but it's not very populated, right? And I made friends as soon as I moved here. However, my strongest connections so far have been made with people virtually like me and you and other people. I've either been a guest on their shows and we had a connection right away or they've been on my show. And we had a connection. We, we had conversations. And then literally, these are people that I never got to meet in person before forming this connection. The connection became strong. Mm-hmm. And then I got to meet them in person. For example, I just came back from a podcasting conference. And to see how those connections can start virtually and then can even blossom even further both virtually and in person, is actually beautiful. So people, if they don't have something locally and they don't know where to start, they can also start with online communities, at least from my perspective, and start making those connections. Find people that are similar to you, at least in wants and needs and hobbies and whatnot, and you can start forming a Mm -hmm. connection. I couldn't agree more. And if once you remove the limitation, right, once you remove the limitation, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know people in my town, I can't go out. Well, we all have a phone and likely most of us have internet, at least people listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. So what's stopping you? And uh, yeah, it might be a little weird at first, um, making a friend online and whatnot. But once you get out of your comfort zone and you kind of push the limits a little bit, I promise it'll feel pretty good at the end of the day. It would. It would. Perfect, Brandon. I love that. Now, I want to move towards the future a bit in your case, meaning that You've done many things. You're working on a beautiful business right now. You have the amazing podcast. You do a lot of things in your community with your church and whatnot. How do you see the next five years look for you? Like, What are some of the things you see in your future? And perhaps how are you seeing yourself mm-hmm. getting to that point? And uh, I think creating what you're saying this five year, I love that idea because I believe everyone should kind of have a five-year plan is what I like to call it. Um, every year at the very beginning of the year, and once again, I really wish I could turn my camera so I could show you guys this because they're right on the wall that I'm looking at. But um, every year, me and my wife, we create a vision board that kind of details out what kind of aspects that we want to have inside of our life for the next year, what kind of goals we want to set, what kind of uh, place we want to be in now, say on December 31st of 2024. So then next year, we'll be able to start something brand new and fresh. And so that's what we have planned for this year is just these little details, these little goals that we want to chase. Over the next five years, it's very important to kind of perspect, um, what's the word I'm looking for, to have a perspective for the greater life you're about to achieve. So in five years from now, of course, nobody knows exactly where mm. you're going to be. You, you could be working a different job. You could be with a different relationship. You could be in a whole different situation with the people you're surrounding yourself with and your spiritual life, whatever it may be. Because these instances happen that will dictate our future. 
And so where I'm at in five years is totally dependent on the person I am today. Of course, I'll have plans. Five years from now, I hope to have sold my um, my tech startup that I'm working on, or at least have a lot of investors so it can grow into a bigger, um, much bigger than it is now. Um, that's where I hope to be. But the only way I can actually show up for that is if I show up today to create that five-year plan. So whatever stage you're in right now, if you want to be somewhere in five years, if you want to be the CEO, if you want to be um, the better friend, if you want to be in the best shape of your life, whatever it is, you have to start that journey today. Because all you're going to do, like we've already talked about on this episode, is say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. No, start today in order to create that better future for yourself in five years, for in five months, for in five days. Start today. Powerful message again. And that's, couldn't be farther, I mean, probably from the truth, right? It's like, it's actually on the money. Because what I've come to realize over my years, especially in my younger years, I would make these big plans, you know, New Year's resolutions. And like most people, they wouldn't come to fruition. Because I wasn't taking the steps in the in the in the moment, but also I wasn't necessarily staying with that vision and realizing that while well, if I sit on the couch or if I play computer games all day, it's not just going to take care of itself. So it's always bringing it back to the present moment, which we talked about. So I, I, I love to see that you have a similar approach. I mean, it makes sense if you are someone that's progressing well through life. That's a cornerstone of it. Being able to have a vision and taking action towards it right away, as opposed to leaving it to chance, and maybe it happens, and maybe it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Brandon, as we're coming up to the end of our conversation here, I'm curious to see if there's anything that's coming up for you that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with the audience, either a story or some more advice or an opinion, yeah. anything goes. Uh, I'll, I'll close with this, that at the end of the day, you being able to overcome your self-limitations is a independent journey, but at the same time, dependent. It has to be independent in the sense that you commit to yourself and promise yourself you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you're setting forth in your life, whatever limitation you have right now. If you're trying to start a new business, you have to be fully committed and say, I'm going to be able to do this. If you're trying to get in better shape, you have to tell yourself, I'm going to be able to do this. You have to commit to yourself that you're going to go to the gym. You're going to work out. You're going to eat healthy. You have to commit to those things. But at the same time, don't feel like you have to walk on that journey by yourself. You have to commit and you have to be fully invested by yourself. But you can also have support groups around you, people who buoy you up when you're when you're feeling low. They can actually push you to keep accomplishing whatever you're chasing. So I'll, I'll say this to close. Don't ever harness yourself into an area that you can't grow beyond without somebody else's help. You have to, you have to fully commit by yourself, but don't be afraid to... Ask your friends, your families, your neighbor, your church group, whoever you go to, ask them for help. Tell them what you're going through, and I promise you'll be able to do it because you'll have that support in and of yourself, but you'll also have the people around you to be able to accomplish it as well. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Again, I agree 100%. And you talked about your own mentor, or at least one of them at the beginning, right? And that's what keeps coming back to me as well. As yes, family, friends, all helpful and then mm -hmm. find maybe a mentor or two, a coach or two if you need to, and they'll be able to at least keep you accountable, help you see your blind spots, right? all of that. And I'm sure that that's what your mentor does for you, allows you to stay grounded, allows you to stay on track and have someone to talk to. Really. I fully agree. Yep, that's exactly what happens. So thank right. you, Constantine. Thanks for everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. It was such a pleasure talking to you.